0: Welcome to Joy Field and Jesus Led. I'm your host, Tony Daniels, sharing real life stories and practical tools that not only let you know you're not alone, but also help you become the emotional, spiritual ninja warrior you were created to be. This is a surprise season on child level maturity what it is, why it's important, and what are the key factors in parenting our own children through this stage. In this episode, I share with you the importance of understanding how we each uniquely show up in the world and the importance of helping others see their unique contribution as well. It is part of the child stage of development to discern what gives you energy and how you were designed to shine. Hear a story of how this plays itself out with my son, Matt. Hope you enjoy. There. So one of the aspects of child maturity that we were looking at that we mentioned in our last podcast was this idea of knowing yourself, knowing your unique design, understanding your strengths and how as parents and even spiritual moms and dads, uh, if we're reparenting or discipling other people, um, this is really, really important for us to help educe or help people identify what their strengths are, what's their unique contribution as a human, right? How do they uniquely show up or how does God uniquely show up in and through them? And there's a few tools that we've used over the years that have been extremely helpful. And while I won't go into detail about what these tools are, You can see in the show notes uh, links to where you can find more information on them. But one of those tools is uh, Luke 10's Your Unique Design course that we have that's been incredibly helpful. Another tool has been Strength Finders that we've used um, in our family and in our work as well that's been incredibly helpful, just naming our strengths. And another one has been the Enneagram. I didn't know much about the Enneagram until I moved to Nashville and it was everywhere here. It's 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 a language that you have to be able to speak in order to communicate with people in Nashville. So I became pretty fluent in this language, and it really has been so helpful for us in understanding ourselves better, being able to communicate ourselves to each other better and it allows us to have grace for each other and appreciate each other as well. So unlike any other personality test, or it, it's not really a personality test at all, it's, um, it's, it gets to your heart motivation, right? For, for the way we act. It's, so it's not based on our actions as much as what motivates our heart. And um, in fact, it gets down to kind of the, the ways our heart was damaged as we were growing up and how that shaped our actions. And then it so it kind of identifies the box you're already in, but then helps you break free of it. So it's a beautiful tool. But as I share some stories of, of shepherding our children and helping them grow into who they are, you might hear me mention those things. So I wanted to get that out there. Um, But today I wanted to share the story with you that happened today. Because it kind of reveals a lot of the culmination of this work, right? Again, my son, Matt, is turning 12 this year. So we're at the end of this child stage where for the last 10 years, almost, well, eight years, the last eight years, we have been working with him on knowing himself, knowing his strengths, identifying what they are and being able to articulate how he contributes to society. So this story was so tender to me today, and I wanted to share it with you all because it really touches on on these themes. So this morning, I'm, I'm sitting with my two children in addition to checking in and listening as close to daily as possible with them, we also I also read five minutes of the Bible every morning before school um, to just train them in our story and how we fit in the larger Christian context, and also t- to help them develop this habit, right, of of reading the Word and enjoying it and and letting Jesus and, and God guide us through it, right. So I'm doing that. And after we read, and we're reading about uh, Saul and Barnabas at the time, Matt just out of nowhere kind of says, mom, was I smart enough to get into integrative maths? And I thought that's a weird question. Um, And I I looked at him and I said, well, yes, of course you were smart enough to get into integrative maths. Do you want to be in that class? And he goes, no, no, I don't want to be there. I'm like, okay, well, why did you ask? And he says, well, my buddy, I'm going to give him a different name, John. Let's just say, um, he's in that class. And see, John, we've known John since kindergarten. Uh, we've grown up with John. Um, John, John's family are good friends of ours, and Matt and him hung out, you know, all these years. They've done birthday parties together and everything. And he's always been a friend um, of our family. And he says, "Well, John's in that class, and that class is a seventh grade class, and we're in sixth grade, and so." He got into a seventh grade class and now he hangs out with the seventh graders at lunch and he just feels, he acts like he's better than, than me and everyone really, but, but he acts like he's better than me and he's not like he was in elementary school anymore. And I'm just wondering, mom, is he better than me? Wow. I was floored that he would be asking this question, right? but so important. And how beautiful that he articulated that question, right? So part of them growing into adulthood is they can articulate their thoughts and their feelings. So beautifully done. That right there just shows his maturity that he can articulate these things to me. So I responded, you know, uh, with some Enneagram language because our family is very fluent in their Enneagram language. And Matt tends to, to kind of float between a nine and a one on the Enneagram. We're not quite sure which one, but he definitely identifies with a lot of those traits. Um, he really likes to be affirmed. He likes to do things well when he does them, but he also kind of lacks motivation sometimes. Um, some people would say he's sloth-like or he looks lazy. <laughs> but his strengths are definitely empathy and relational connection. And I'll go into some of those when I ta- tell you what I told him and how I responded to him. Um, but, you know, he knows who he is and and he knows some of the other the other Enneagram numbers because of our family. So I respond to Matt and I say, you know what, Matt? I wonder, I just wonder if John is more like a three on the Enneagram. I'm not going to type him because we're not supposed to type people at all, but, but just helping Matt understand different people, right? To say, I wonder if he's a three on the Enneagram because you know, mommy's a three. And he's like, oh yeah, mommy, tell me about that. So I say, well, for me, I was driven to succeed when I was very young. I had a drive to succeed and to be the best at everything I did right? And I didn't know it at the time, but it was because that's how I felt valuable. That's how I felt worthy. It's how I felt important, was if I was succeeding and if I was the best, I got a lot of attention. And I needed that attention to help me feel good about myself, to help me feel loved. And that was just part of the way my whole system was wired. And I, I didn't even know it back then. And I told my son, you know what? And I know people, I made people feel less than I, I know because they told me, my own sister told me, you know, when I'm around you, I just, you just seem like you're better than me. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's the last thing I would ever want. Right. Because I love people and I wanted to, I'm actually created to help other people shine. Right. When, when a three moves into our maturity, we help others shine so it's not about me shining anymore it's about me actually creating space for others to grow thrive and become all God's created them to be but when you're 12 and you're living in a 3 on the enneagram it doesn't look that way it looks very much like i'm going to take <laughs> i'm going to take the top position and all the glory and i'm going to revel in it right um so i i explained that to matt and you know that his friend john probably wasn't trying to make him feel less than, or feel, you know, not as, as worthy or not as valuable or not as good. And then I said, you know, but it's, it's not, um, that, that, John or that I'm better than others or even more valuable just because I can achieve more. Because the reality is, as threes on the Enneagram, they do achieve more than most people. We really do. Uh, I mean, I can get more done when I'm resting than a lot of people do when they're really trying to work hard, <laughs> but that doesn't make me any better than them. And so I asked him, you know, what makes us valuable, Matt? Do you know what makes you valuable? And he says, well, it's how much God loves me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and does God love John more than he loves you because John is succeeding more or checking off the boxes better or, you know, and, and I mean, it just so happens they were on the same baseball team and John was excellent. And my son, he's the cheerleader on the team. He, he doesn't really play baseball well, but he loves those players well and he cheered them on. Right. And so it, it, they've compared each other in, in several different areas, not just math. And you know, I said, does 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 God love John more than you because he's better at baseball or because maybe he might be better than Matt better at math or works harder at math than you do. And he said, "No. No, that that doesn't make God love him anymore. And I could see that that he got it. And then I went into a, again naming his strengths and inducing his strengths. So, I said, you know, something like, "You know, Matt, your strengths are you are highly intellectual. You are aware of what others are feeling inside of themselves. And sometimes they don't even know what they're feeling, but you know what they're feeling. Your insight to complex issues is off the charts. He he can see, he has co- connectivity as one of his strengths. So he can see how systems are connected to each other and he can think about how they can work better. It's amazing. And he's not even, he's barely 12. And then I said, the way you incessantly encourage others is a huge strength. We desperately need encouragers in our world. And I said, our society doesn't really award these kind of more emotionally aware strengths that you have. There's not like you can have a competition on, on, you know, whether you can feel other people's feelings better or sense what they're feeling. Like that's not a thing in our educational system, nor is it a thing really to understand complex issues and challenge systems. Um, you know, when you're in school, you're almost encouraged to just submit to the system and accept things. Right. So the strengths that he has aren't necessarily the strengths that our society looks to as, as strong, um, or valuable at this age, but they're incredibly valuable. And so we we ended you know I ended by saying you're you're incredibly valuable to God and to me not because of what you do but because of who you are and how God has made you and every single human is uniquely designed right I also shared with him that he could keep up with with John and be as good as him at everything but it would cost him greatly and it would cost him his strengths if he tried to be John it would it would wear him out and he would burn out so quickly. Whereas if he tries to be the best him he can possibly be, <laughs> then he's going to pay attention to his heart. He's going to work within his strengths and it's going to give him energy and satisfy him deeply, which then gives you more energy, right? And I told him, you you need more downtime than than a, a three who's going after the gold, right? Because they're going all the time. Threes usually at that age don't have any time for self-reflection or quiet. They're just achieving and achieving, achieving. But you know, I told him, Matt, you need time down to reflect internally and to deeply relate and connect emotionally to the people that, that love you because that's how you source yourself and it's how you grow your strengths, believe it or not. Um, and that's how you can be the best you. you know, God doesn't want you to look like John. He wants you to look like the best version of you he created. And um, just a, such a beautiful time of training with my son right there before school starts in the morning around all of these kind of culminating all of these tasks in the child. Area of knowing yourself, articulating yourself, valuing yourself um, because God loves you, and and, I, and and nestling into that identity and actually feeling it, um, not comparing yourselves to others or or devaluing yourselves because you don't have the same strengths that other people have, finding what satisfies you. So all of those things we talked about last week and that one story culminating because he's he's ending this stage of childhood, right? It's so exciting to see and so moving to watch happen before my eyes. Hope that helps put those theoretical concepts um, into practice or give some practical feet for those things Um, and, and put some practical feet to those things. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of joy and Jesus Led. Can you articulate how Christ uniquely shows up through you in the world? Do you know your strengths and how they contribute to your community? Can you help others discover their unique traits as well? If these tasks seem daunting to you as a parent, maybe it's a good time to work on shoring up your own maturity. Luke 10 is a great place to start. See the show notes below to begin your journey. Until next time.